This is Chris Ward with Legal Shield Business Solutions. If you are looking for affordable access to quality legal representation and you don't have any, this is for you. Welcome, Chris. This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast. And today I'm joined by my co-host, Miranda Vieira from Denver Legal Marketing. She's the founder. Hi, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. Afternoon. Something. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk to Chris Ward with um, Legal Shield. And he works in both the Colorado and Wyoming areas. And you've been with the company quite some time. Uh, welcome. Thank you. It's an honor to be invited onto the chip. Super. Well, tell us a little bit about your business and who you serve. Absolutely. So, again, my name is Chris Ward uh, with Legal Shield. We offer, uh, in a nutshell, what Legal Shield does is Legal Shield gives individuals, families, and business owners unlimited access to a network of law firms all across North America. So, as opposed to worrying about high hourly costs, People have unlimited access for a low, flat, month-to-month fee. And it's because of that, we have over 1.7 million households, over 100,000 businesses across North America protected today. That's awesome. Well, backing up, how in the world did you get into Legal Shield? It was chance encounter. My background was U.S. Army. I served proudly for 11 years. And the true Hollywood story is, is that my last year, I was applying to jobs here, there, and everywhere. I lived in Monterey, California, and I was kind of forced into entrepreneurship. The only job that I got called back on was uh, they wanted me to check IDs at the local British pub and uh, for $11 an hour. And I really didn't think that my resume was only worth $11 an hour. So I decided to follow a childhood dream of mine, which was to start video production, not doing big projects, but I recognized the fact that this was kind of the birth of YouTube and that entertainment was going to change from the half-hour shows loaded with commercials to brief 15, 20-minute videos without commercials. And so that's what I kind of focused on. Almost immediately, we resurrected a jazz record label. So I saw an opportunity. There was a, an incredible catalog of albums that nobody had access to. I was a, always a fan of jazz. I played trumpet growing up through middle school and high school. And so I started the company. I collaborated with the actual an architect that built a sound studio He had no knowledge of sound engineering himself, but he was passionate about his area. So we collaborated together and we hired an attorney and he charged us a $10,000 retainer. And uh, however, I was very naive because I never used an attorney before outside of the JAG office to get my will done. Thought that $10,000 would last us years until I got our first invoice. And as soon as I got the invoice for a little over $1,500, I said, you know what? This is in case of an emergency break glass. And I kind of put the attorney on the wall and just uh, started doing what a lot of business owners do. I started Google searching legal questions, downloading legal forms, writing contracts myself, just praying to God that they never ended up on a, on a judge's desk. And I'm absolved of any guilt to that now. I've come to terms with that. But a salesman came into my office one day and talked to me and my partners. And he said, if I could show you a way to protect and grow your business... Would you give me 15 minutes of your time? And uh, I was both interested in protecting and growing my business. So we sat down, we looked at the, the Legal Shield Business Solutions Plan, and I'm very analytical. We tried it out for a couple months just to see if it was worth it. I was sold on the fact that it wasn't contractual obligations. So if it didn't work, because I'd never heard of it before, we tried it out to save our company thousands of dollars in the very first couple of months. And when I lost my company a year and a half later, I became one of their associates and started marketing it to the other business owners because I saw the need for legal services all across the business community. When you're talking to, I don't know if there's such a thing as a typical business owner, what's the typical question 
that tips the scale for them to use your services? What do you typically hear? It's the price point. I think that that's always been the greatest challenge. It's the number one reason I think people aren't using attorneys is, is that they've done surveys after surveys and they've determined that the majority of Americans would seek legal counsel if it were more affordable. And so since the advent of social media, I think what you see is a lot of people will either Google search legal questions. And back in the day when the chat rooms were popular, there used to be legal chat rooms. And now with social media, people will, I see on Facebook and, and LinkedIn all the time, people posting legal questions that pertain to their particular business in their particular state and getting answers from God knows who. And so I think the need is tremendous. And so that's part of what I see as my job is educating individuals and families and business owners on why it's necessary to have access to attorneys. You know, just like today, we see that the majority of Americans rely on healthcare benefits. You know, we recognize the fact that people have to have access to affordable healthcare. It's the top discussion on every political platform under the sun. But you're three times more likely to end up in court than you are ever to end up in a hospital. And nobody's discussing the inaccessibility to the justice system. When we're looking out across the business community, how would you describe your ideal client? The ideal client, I think, are those that are still trying to navigate the legal waters. They're either just getting started in business or they're entering into a new industry where they may not be familiar with all of the pitfalls of that particular industry. And so it's good to be able to have access to business consultation and legal consultation just to ask questions to be able to navigate those. So it's one of the things that I mistakenly did and it came back to bite me years later. So the uh, complete transparency, we'd had a jazz record label that I resurrected. I would, if you get a chance to resurrect a record label, I would recommend not doing that. I always put people, you know, I'm not trying to get business advice, but it was a bad move. And I've seen friends that have done the same with other labels. And what had happened was that the previous owner of the record label had taken out a $2 million loan and uh, leveraging the, the company. Well, that business owner took off. He took all the money and, and vanished 15 years prior to me coming into, this, into the picture. So whenever we started to become popular, I tell people we were in the newspapers and the magazines and television, but it was all Monterey County. It wasn't Rolling Stone or anything like that. But as we started to become popular, all of a sudden... Uh, we get a letter from a law firm one day, me and my partner saying, we're suing you for $2 million. And we lost everything in the course of about 72 hours. We got a cease and desist on any further marketing or selling of any of our albums, anything. And we had to hand everything over. We tried to work out a deal with the bank and they weren't having it. And it was questions that I didn't think to ask going into it. That came back and bit us later. Yeah, tuition is typically fairly expensive. Absolutely. You know, you have an interesting background from your military career. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it would be interesting to talk a little bit about what you did in the military and how that sort of transfers over into what you're doing now. Sure. Well, the uh, first, I'd mentioned 11 years military service. The first eight years I worked in reconnaissance. I was a cavalry scout. And that brought me to Bosnia and Herzegovina in 1997, a year and a half after the war was over. So I missed the war, but I was there for all the turmoil. And the job of reconnaissance was not fully necessary. So we were working in more of a military police fashion. I had been returned under a different unit in 2002, which is when I started learning the language. Kind of figured out if the army wanted me in Bosnia, I better start learning how to speak the local language. In 2003, I went to the Defense Language Institute in Monterey 
learn the language. And out of completely sight unseen, I was supposed to be sent to, uh, it was um, Southern Yugoslavia, which I remember exactly where, but Pristina. So I went down there to be an interpreter where I got derailed in Germany and then I fell under new orders to work in a human intelligence uh, collection asset out of Sarajevo called the Allied Military Intelligence Battalion. It's now diffused. So I can talk about it freely. It's a decade later. So, uh, so I worked as a, basically a spy for NATO in, for a year. I was one of the only human intelligence ass, uh, collection assets that they had south of Sarajevo. Everybody was still operating in the north, and I was down in Mostar and down in Dubrovnik in Croatia and traveled all over the south. So my human intelligence training and experience translated really well into the business community. So I was able to network effectively and create relationships. Create relationships. Absolutely. Awesome. And I was never an interrogator. So I went to Fort Huachuca for interrogation, did four months interrogation school, but it was all open collection. So yeah, and we have a common background. Yeah. Yeah. I was Intel down there as well. So I went to Huachuca and all that good stuff. I love Huachuca. Absolutely. Fun in the sun. I've, n- I've never interrogated anyone. <laughs> This is what it's like. This, is, this is an exact, this is a debriefing room right here. Absolutely. This, this is exactly what this is. These are intimidating words. So Chris, my background, as you know, I've been in law for 20 years. This is a unique product. Mm-hmm. You know, Legal Shield truly is different. I'm interested to know a little bit more about how, you know, you said you serve a hundred thousand businesses. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's nationwide? nationwide. So in Colorado, how does Legal Shield service businesses different than other business attorneys or business law firms? So the one thing that we found with businesses that I had discovered was is the fact that there's not one particular area of law that a business owner needs to talk to. So if they have a real estate related question, they may need to talk to somebody who specializes in real estate. If they're a tax attorney, you know, and because attorneys have specialized, there's attorneys that advertise themselves as small business attorneys, but there are still areas of law that may fall outside of their wheelhouse. So one of the benefits of being a legal shield member is having access to a, for one, a provider law firm where they can get questions on any area of law. But we also have a network of attorneys outside of that so that everybody's able to have access. So we have very strict customer service guidelines. Whereas if I call in within four business hours, I can get an answer to my legal question. If I need documents reviewed, I can get those done within three business days. If there's, let's say I need a collection letter written on my behalf, that's sent out in less than three days. So that's how we're able to do that for business owners, where a lot of independent attorneys serving their clients may not be able to provide that strict of customer service. Yeah, I think the big flashing word to me here is accountability. And I think that that is something that Legal Shield might offer that. A standard law firm just can't. So Legal Shield is a concept. Other businesses have tried to do prepaid legal services, flat fee, unlimited. Why did this work? Why is this different? There is the market for legal service plans is getting busier. More uh, right now, we just saw the Robert Shapiro from LegalZoom stepped away from LegalZoom and started Biz Council. So he's taken the concept, and as a matter of fact, Robert Shapiro took the idea from our founder, Mr. Harlan Stonecipher, to create LegalZoom. And so now he's going off to create BizCouncil, where I think it's a great idea. It's a complete subscription-based program for business owners, whereas in the attorneys, as opposed to them being in a, in a specific firm, 
they're all the attorneys that basically work from home or the independent practitioners. So now he's trying to generate a large network of attorneys nationwide. Challenge is he's 40 years behind us and doesn't have the infrastructure in place to compete. So yeah, there's going to be more and more competition coming to this space as it becomes, I think, a more proven concept. But although Legal Shield was the pioneer of the legal service plan industry in the United States, our founder had actually taken the idea from a company called AREG that had been around in Europe, I believe for about 80 to 90 years, who had primarily created a plan to help support automobile drivers. As a matter of fact, there's parts of Germany where you can't get a license unless you also have a legal plan as well, sort of a legal insurance. And so he took that concept and brought it here and founded our company in 1972. And since has expanded to, we are the most robust legal plan that's available on the market today. Uh, not wholly the cheapest, but we're definitely the best. In 2019, I'm seeing kind of a rise in subscription kind of based services. So your Netflix and your Blue Aprons for food delivery and that type of stuff. Are there any comparisons you can draw for a business owner to legal shit like that? Does this operate kind of like an insurance plan? Does it operate, you know, more like a Netflix where it's all available 24-7, no matter what I need, when I need it? Can you shed a little bit of light on how this subscription kind of works? You're absolutely right. There's one thing that we've recognized is that the way consumers are accessing products and services has been turned upside down. Just look what companies like Amazon has done to the brick and mortar stores. Infinitely every year, 90% of holiday sales are done through Amazon, no longer through all the retail stores. So they're closing doors left and right. The creators of Netflix actually brought the concept of the subscription base to Blockbuster and Blockbuster turned it down. You know, there's this cognitive dissonance surrounding the concept of how legal services are delivered. And so with a subscription base, the challenge with attorneys that have tried to adopt this themselves, and I've spoke with a lot of attorneys that have said, I'm going to create a monthly fee that people can access. Well, they don't have the bandwidth to be able to provide the services on a subscription basis. Now, you realize that all your subscribers are not going to use you all in the same day. But the challenge is, is that if you're only the one attorney, you're challenged there. Where with Legal Shield members, we have access to a network of over 7,000 attorneys nationwide. And unlike an insurance, where if I'm an insurance provider, let's say this was a legal insurance, you may get a list of names of attorneys that are a part of this plan. Well, with Legal Shield, every member gets one dedicated number. So they don't have to worry about finding the attorney. They call their provider firm in their particular state or province. And then the law firm is responsible for finding the proper attorney to address their legal situation. So even if I go on Legal Zoom right now and I say, hey, I want to talk to an attorney in Colorado, I can go to their website, click on, I want to talk to an attorney, choose Colorado. I've only got six attorneys that are on their website that I can speak with, each specializing in a different area. Well, let's say that the attorney that I click on is busy and can't deal with my issue. There is nothing as a LegalZoom member that says that I'm going to get any certain amount of legal support within a certain particular time frame. So where we have very strict customer service guidelines, we've been ironing this out for 46 years. It's not perfect whatsoever. There are things that I think we could even improve upon our plan, but for what's available on the market, there's no comparison. I really like the access idea of, of component of what you're sharing here is I think that is as a business owner, kind of part of demystifying business legal services in general is 
Not all business lawyers are the same. Not all handle employment, not all handle contracts. So can you describe a little bit more about once I'm a member of Legal Shield, I have a number that I can call. Is there an app? I mean, how, there how do is. I actually, you know, the, just because I'm not familiar with this at all, no, and, and, you know, and just kind of as a typical small business owner in Colorado, you know, how, how would I access this? I think a lot of the successful businesses of the 21st have to have an app attached to it. I would even love to see independent attorneys have an app where people can access them to schedule appointments or to schedule a call. Because with business owners, I think the predominant, the, the major function of an attorney is just the consultation alone is, is that I have a question that I need an answer to. And if I'm calling an attorney for a question that I have that needs answered today and I don't get a call back till the middle of next week, that boat may have sailed by then. And so, like you said, the, the access is the, the important part. So being able to, what our Legal Shield members do as soon as uh, they can actually download the app right now. If you go into your Google Play or your App Store, you can download the Legal Shield app. There's two functions in the app that are free. Whereas we have what we call Aaron, the legal assistant, which is nothing more than a most popular legal questions that you can ask. And it'll kind of give you, it's the boilerplate answers to these traditional legal questions, which typically at the end of it, it's going to just say, well, yes, you need Legal Shield. They also have legal forms. So all your popular legal forms, whether you're selling a car, if you have a, uh, if you're borrowing money from or loaning somebody money, if you're having somebody watch your children, they have boilerplate contractual agreements that you can actually fill out through your mobile device and have other people sign in real time uh, while you're standing in front of them. So those are two functions. But the rest of the premium features you have to have actually enrolled and become a member for. Now, I do have an audience that doesn't use apps. So I just text them the phone number so they can save it in their phone. And, okay. and I still do myself that you can call your law firm. The plan is available immediately upon enrollment. So if somebody enrolls, because most people, when they sign up, they have an ongoing legal situation right now, or they need questions answered. So as soon as a member enrolls within 10, 15 minutes, they can actually contact their law firm. An intake person will ask them for a brief description of their situation. They'll relay that to them, and then they go out to the law firm to find out who in this office is best suited to address that. And like I said, we also have our referral attorneys that are still inside of the network of Legal Shield. So if it's somebody that it's very specific, like self storage law, we may not have somebody that specializes in self storage law in the firm, but we have definitely somebody inside our network that can answer those questions. They again, they get called back within four business hours with an attorney that will ask for you know, more expansion on their legal concern. And if they need to do research, that's included in the, the membership as well. Great. I'm going to turn over to Bob. Go so through some of the business. To, to expand on, on that, what if you have a multiple business owner? How does that function within the Legal Shield framework? Each membership is based on the tax ID number. So okay. if I own multiple businesses that fall under different tax ID numbers or outside of the state, then they would have to have Separate. a different plan sure. each. Excellent. Well, you know, looking over time, we joked beforehand, so there's two types of business owners, yeah. those that have been sued mm -hmm. and those that are going to be sued. And there's a study, I think it's the Institute of Legal Reform from 2013, said over 40% of small business owners are either faced with a lawsuit or threatened with one. So for those guys, and how does that fit in with Legal Shield? 
depending on the size, so we have different tiers of business plans. So whether an individual is self-employed or whether they have 10 employees, 50 employees, or up to 100 employees, we have different amounts of legal coverage based on the size and the legal need of the company in particular. With myself, I fall under the self-employed individual, so I have no employees. And so my rates are, I get 60 hours of civil trial defense every single year that's now added up to, I've generated 300 hours of trial defense in the event of a a civil suit. So our business plans have different tiers of that as well. I think that that's on the civil suit side of it, uh, we're a little short-ended on the fact that our pre-trial hours are what I consider inadequate. However, on the on the trial hour defense, you can't beat it. I've never heard of a civil trial lasting over 300 hours in history. So I think I'm covered on the trial hours. And we have a trial defense supplement. So I tell business owners that are susceptible, even contractors, people that have gotten sued or architects that get sued right after the fact, we have a trial defense supplement that actually boosts their pre-trial hours for an additional $9.95 add-on to their legal plan. Because I think, like you said, I've used that as a lot of my pitch is just like an athlete is one injury away from an, an end of a career, a business owner is one lawsuit away from having to close their doors forever. And I've seen it time and time again. And for you, you have personal insight. I do. Yeah. Our $2 million lawsuit knocked us out of the game. We, we had, there was no way we could compete. The bank wasn't going to work with us. And so we had to look at other things. So in today's world, discrimination uh, in the workforce and then uh, harassment and other issues, how does Legal Shield address those particular concerns? So we have the business plan in and of itself only protects the business. We have our individual plans to protect the individuals so as a business owner. So we are one of the largest voluntary employee benefits. As a matter of fact, 63% of Colorado members receive their membership through their employer. So in the event that they're in the workplace and they're dealing with a situation like that, we had just had a situation where I can't give any details, but a woman who had uh, gone to a conference and one of her executive body actually drugged and raped her. And so 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in the event of a legal emergency, our members have access to be able to call their firm, which she did. She called our provider firm for Colorado after hours and was able to explain the situation. And they walked her all the way through going to the hospital for the rape kit and everything. So... They went above and beyond the call of duty at no additional charge other than what she's paying for her monthly plan. For the folks that are putting Legal Shield under the microscope, what, what area of, of your business model do you think receives the most scrutiny or review or commentary? I can tell you, it primarily where it gets the most scrutiny is, is when people have contacted an attorney and the attorney is like, I'm sorry, we can't help you. Or they don't get the results because oftentimes what people think should be fair is not necessarily legal. So yes, people are taken advantage of and they feel like that some crime has been committed, but the reality is is that they were legally taken advantage of. And so the greatest scrutiny we have are people that have called the firm and an attorney said, sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. They say, well, this doesn't work. And it's like, no, but you still got legal counsel. You still had an attorney tell you it's not going to work. I called in, I, I got a ticket. I'll never forget, I was in Carmel, California. And it was a Sunday morning and I was running into the drugstore there in Carmel just to talk to my friend for five minutes. I parked at the bank across the street. And of course, the closest parking spot was uh, Handicapped Park. 
So I come back out to a $275 parking ticket. So I called the firm. I said, listen, I got this ticket over the, you know, on Sunday morning. What can I do about this? And they said, nothing. You have to pay it. They said, was the sign clear? Did you know you were in a... I said, yes. The sign was right in front of my car. I said, but I was only in there for a minute. It was a Sunday morning. The bank was closed. And they said, it doesn't matter when the working hours is. If it's a handicapped parking spot, it's a handicapped parking spot. Pay it. And I could have stomped around and got mad. And, but it was at least that I had access to a traffic attorney to tell me what my rights were in that situation. The reality is I just had to pay the ticket. You know, as, as you're working out in the business community, and I don't know how much of the business community is even aware. I mean, I don't have a feel for that. So when you're going out and trying to get the word out, what do you do to get the word out to the business community that this particular, I consider it risk management tool, is available? I ask people a couple of questions. For one is, is I assume that they're already working with an attorney because I think that it, it's common sense for every business owner to have at least some legal counsel that they're reaching out to or they're talking to. What I find is, is that most people, even though they know an attorney, they don't have an attorney on retainer. So it's like, yes, I know an attorney, but that's as far as it goes. So I say, listen, if I could show you a way to have unlimited access to affordable legal counsel Monday through Friday, would you, you know, and it doesn't break the bank, would you be willing to give me 15 minutes of your time? I walk them through the, the benefits of the plan. And what I find is the majority of the people will enroll with our program. The matter of fact, the very small business attorney that we retained in California became a member of Legal Shield after he inquired as to why I was not using his services anymore. And I stated that I'm now a member of, this, of Legal Shield. And he's like, what is that? And I said, well, if you give me 20 minutes to come in and show you, I'd love to share with you. And here's an attorney that charges $400 an hour using Legal Shield for his own purpose. I don't want to say how many or, or who, but I have several law firms, matter of fact, attorneys in this office that are members of Legal Shield. So they're using Legal Shield for their own legal purposes. Because le- attorneys know that uh, to represent yourself in court, you have a, an idiot as a client. And so attorneys know that it's only smart to have access to attorneys that specialize outside of their particular area of coverage. You know, for the business owner that's looking at either selling a business or their business or buying another business, how does that interface with uh, Legal Shield? I think it's excellent for the, the contract and document review uh, because we have a set number of pages that the business owners can have reviewed, typically for those they exceed, but uh, it's discounted rate. And all of us, even the business owners that I've worked with that have sold their business, read over the documents themselves. And this is across not just selling and buying businesses, but across the board where the majority of people read their own legal documents and then they see that the, the bold print is exactly what they'd agreed upon. But as the quote from the good book, the, the, the bold print giveth and the fine print taketh away. So it's only powerful for business owners that in that. Uh, and I would say work with, you know, there are a lot of, I have brokers that in small business, brokers that help facilitate the sale and purchase of businesses. Individuals that I work with that specialize in just the franchise models. And when somebody wants to buy a franchise, work with those individuals, but uh, you need to have your own independent legal counsel because all those contracts were drafted by attorneys. So it only makes sense that you would have an attorney that's on your side to review it. I I was thinking about if a business owner says, you know, I need to take in and protect my intellectual property in my business. I want to look at all my documents, my cell, you know, leases and so on and so forth in the business. All right. And let's say I have a 50 person Firm. How does that work within the legal shield framework? 
it's the same. They will still review your documentation. Now, a lot of people, they mistake, same as filing for their articles of incorporation. That's not a legal fee. That's something that you're going to pay through the state. Same way as if I file a patent or a trademark or intellectual property that goes through the office, you know, patents and trademarks. So I, that's a separate fee from, that's not covered under our plan, but all of them making sure that you fill out the, the document properly before you submit it to the office to me is invaluable because some people are incomplete in the information that they send over there to protect their intellectual property. And when it gets kicked back, they get upset. It's like, you know, if you would have had this reviewed first before submitting it, then it would have saved you a lot of time and money. I'm just thinking of what if it says we're sitting here, I'm an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And then, so I've got my property and I'm going through one of the services. How does uh, Legal Shield work with an Airbnb owner? So that would be any time there's an income producing. So whether you're an Uber driver, Airbnb, you have any torpus, you know, the, uh, Rover, where you're walking people's dogs. If it's an income producing uh, job or business that you have, you have to have what we call a home business supplement attachment to your legal plan. So, Airbnb, a lot of people don't realize that the legal implications of being a business owner in that regard. So, I had just dealt with an Airbnb host who, while sitting around in the house, minding her own business, the ambulance and fire and police showed up at her house. They told her that they had received a 911 emergency call from this address. And she said, no, that wasn't her. And, but it was the people staying in the Airbnb. And what had happened was these two young girls from college in Illinois were out visiting Colorado and partaking in the, the cannabis without understanding what the implications of eating too much uh, THC gummies does. They thought they were going to die. And so they called 911. Now, no legal recourse was had, but how many things could have gone wrong? What if somebody had overdosed in the house? You know, if somebody was using an illegal controlled substance in an Airbnb, if somebody's injured that's staying in an Airbnb, whether they trip and fall, I've been at some Airbnbs around the world where they're very poorly lit, or I've had to walk across a cobblestone sidewalk and I could trip and twist my ankle. There's so many different risks at, at hand, and people think just because they're not making a lot of money that there's not a legal risk, and they're absolutely it. It could end you, just the same way as we've seen with the rideshare drivers. There's a lot of legal implications. When you put somebody else in your vehicle with you, you're responsible for what happens to that person. It's good to have representation, be able to call and ask, what could happen? What kind of insurance do I need to protect me in the event that something goes wrong? For the business owner, that's going. All right, I'm in. How do they find you? What do they do for a next step to at least explore the opportunity? How do they find you? I think that's the best course first is to contact me and ask just to share with me what their business, what their legal needs are first. Because again, we have different plans that are available for different size businesses and where they're at in their business development. Some people, they just have an idea and they haven't even taken a step towards opening a business. So individuals can call me. I'm all across North America, so they can call me at 1-720-550-2320. I'm open seven days a week, uh, so they can contact me any day of the week. They can find me on Google. They Google search Chris Ward, Legal Shield Independent Associate. They can find me there. I'm also on Facebook as Chris Ward, Legal Shield Independent Associate, and I'm on Instagram at Ward of the World. That's my <laughs> Instagram handle. You get it. Conquer the planet. That's right. 
War to the World, it was a, an idea that I had to not necessarily that I'm the protector of the world, but how many of us, ward being the old English word for guardian. And so letting people, what I love to do is reach out to other people that step up as guardians because I'm sort of a civil rights activist in the same. And I, I'm heavily involved in the community and politics. And so I love people that are stepping outside of the comfort zone to help people. And that's one of the things that Legal Shield and I really aligned with was because I truly believe that if everybody in America had access to attorneys, it would change the landscape of our country. When every man, woman, and child could pick up the phone, talk to an attorney to avoid being taken advantage of, or if they're, you know, when you see all the situations with uh, police overstepping their boundaries, whenever, if I'm talking to a police officer and I can 24 hours a day, seven days a week, get an attorney on the phone just to make sure that I'm, my legal rights are not being affected adversely. I think that's going to change the landscape of the country. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's exactly how I view what you're describing is almost a, a disruption of the system and how, you know, legal services were reserved for people with means. They were reserved, with, you know, for people, you know, that may not traditionally have access to professionals at that level. I want to just go into a little bit more of the case studies because I think what you're saying is kind of fascinating. I can identify with a lot. We have certainly have an Airbnb and HomeAway account that we run and our family does it as a side gig. So I like the idea of having legal shield for your Colorado side gig, whether that is Airbnb or Lyft driving, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. Do you have another maybe success story that you could share just really relating to the Colorado small business owners where legal shield has helped or made a difference? A lot of businesses that uh, have outstanding accounts receivable where they've gone out to hire a collection agency. And the challenge with a lot of people is that they recognize a collection agency. And so they'll just ignore it. Whereas when they get a letter from a reputable law firm and they realize that they're going to be taken to court, typically they'll come to make those payments. So one of our clients in Golden, I can't say who, but had actually had exceeded, it was almost a year and a half of a $15,000 accounts receivable. And the very first time, and he had hired a collection agency to work on his behalf. And then when we presented him with the opportunity to use a law firm, he thought for the price, what's it going to hurt? He spent uh, for his plan, it was $89 for his legal plan. It's a month to month plan. So he had no commitment to it. And What's the worst thing that could happen? Well, when the law firm wrote a letter, it was within three days. They wrote a a certified letter to the other company. And as soon as they had received the letter from the law firm, they paid that $15,000 debt that they hadn't been able to collect on in over a year and a half. And the business owner said, I will never be without legal shield again. Yeah. So I shared the one with the, the individual that had a problem with her executive body at her company. But a lot of it is the the nickel and dime legal situations that I could just are, are countless where people wouldn't think to hire an attorney for something like, you know, I want to have, uh, I want to hire an independent contractor for my business. Where is an agreement that I could get? And they don't want to hire an attorney to draft one because maybe they haven't even started in their business yet. So I have a lot of people that will, our law firm will provide a boilerplate. They fill in the blanks. The law firm will review it to make sure that it's applicable to the state of Colorado. 
before they actually use that to bring on independent contractors. So, you know, I was thinking, so I'm in the home remodeling. Let's say I've given my home remodeled mm-hmm. right in. And so I've contracted with somebody to come do some work. How would you see that circumstance? And as the homeowner, how would that work with legal shoot? Same way. And because that's probably in the top five reasons why people call Legal Shield is because they hired a roofer or somebody to do the gutters or somebody to do the flooring or the decks and they did a shoddy job or they didn't complete the job or whatever. And so they don't know what to do. They're stuck with, you know, half their gutters hanging off the side of their the rooftop or the, the roof still leaking after they hired somebody to fix it. And so a letter from the law firm typically will get them back up on the roof and fixing the job fairly quickly. Uh, but we've seen it. We've seen it on the vendor side too, where we've had contractors that were brought in to put in a floor. All of a sudden, the, the business owner says, I don't like the way you did the floor. I'm not paying you. Well, they completed the job to specification. You still owe them the money. And so our law firm for small businesses, uh, particularly in the Hispanic community, where they're massively taken advantage of as far as uh, the contractors, the independent contractors, everybody from picking up trash to doing decks and floors to roofing and siding and so on and so forth. A lot of times they don't get paid for their work. And I've had more than several handfuls of those people coming in because those one jobs feed their families. So they're missing meals. They're not able to pay their rent because the person or persons that they've been working for for weeks on end decided at the last minute they weren't going to pay so where is their legal recourse if they don't have the money to hire an attorney because they can't even afford food? We step in. I like the aspect of Legal Shield evening the playing field between businesses, you know, especially when the small businesses are going up against a larger one with a bigger budget for legal services. I think this makes it a little bit more fair. I like the idea. I wasn't expecting uh, to talk about this, but you brought up the fact that Legal Shield can be an added benefit you know, for employees, I can't remember the name of that though. It's a, an employee benefit. I can't remember the, the acronym for that, but... Just an ancillary or voluntary benefit? Exactly. Can you share a little bit more about how that works? Does the employer pay for Legal Shield for their employees? They can, but traditionally they don't. Okay. <laughs> We're largely just an ancillary benefit. A lot of business owners are trying to figure out how to bulk up their benefits package. So when they can offer them a benefit, so our members do get a slightly discounted rate coming in as the group benefit, the employers can pay for it, but traditionally they don't. I would say 99% of them leave it to the employees to pay for themselves. So it's taken out as a payroll deduction or a bank draft. There's one amendment that it's voluntary, but I put it in there anyways, is that the employees cannot use it against their employer. So even after they leave the company. So you have disgruntled employees that will leave and then make false allegations. Well, as soon as they call the firm and they say, hey, I want to lodge a complaint or I want to, once they bring up the fact that they're using this against their employer, it's no longer, it's null and void. So they won't help them. All right. It doesn't mean that they can't go off and hire their own attorney, but in most cases they won't. So the state of Colorado offers legal shield as a benefit to its employees working on a lot of the, we have two municipalities in in the Denver metro area that offer our services. I'm working on the other mayors as well. So the other mayor's offices, but the, it's an incredible benefit. Um, One of the areas that, and we don't have to expand on is our identity theft service as well is because of the heightening of identity theft cases across North America, our ID shield benefit 
has been very sought after and is in a lot of times paid for by the employer, in particular when there's been a data breach and the company has lost either their employees or their clients' non-public information. So they've made it available to their employees, typically for a year or two before they give it back to the employees to voluntarily maintain if they want to. But yeah, identity theft to me is one of the most serious legal situations facing North Americans today. And we still write it off as bank fraud, typically. You know, for Legal Shield, so for the small business owner that has, I'm a small hotel, I don't know, storage facility, and I get hacked and the personal information gets out. What does Legal Shield do in that circumstance? So we have a partnership with a company called Kroll. And so you may be familiar with them. They're one of the largest uh, forensic accounting and risk management companies on the planet. So they're over 46 years old, I think, themselves. And they give us access to licensed investigators. So in the event of a data breach, the members can access, get assigned a licensed investigator that will actually step in and restore their identity either on the member's behalf under a limited power of attorney or advise the member on how they can restore it themselves. Why anybody would want to restore their own identity is beyond me. But they are the creme de la creme in what they do. So my brother's a famous story in that he was a Purple Heart recipient from Iraq. He had served over in the, he was in the Marine Corps in the Fallujah invasion and injured several times. And so his Purple Heart awarded him the 100% of his education was covered. So after four years, he gets out. And after his second semester in college, was notified that the Veterans Affairs Office had suspended his educational benefits. They were no longer going to pay for it. So he contacted the VA and the VA said, in our database, you're a felon. So we've suspended all of your benefits. So my brother was arrested on drug charges in Michigan and sent to prison, but it was never my brother. It was somebody else who'd used my brother's driver's license information who was picked up. And so now the database says my brother's a felon. And typically nobody would even know where to start. My brother's in California at the time. This is a situation in Michigan. And as we most everybody knows that most police departments, the most that they'll do, the most action they'll do is file a police report. They won't take any actual action on doing it. And so my brother contacted Kroll through his ID Shield plan. They assigned him a licensed investigator and who went out, expunged his record through the Veterans Affairs Office, expunged his record through the prison system. And the VA sent his school a check and they got all that done in four days. For the things that you most commonly see, for either it's the business owner or an individual, what are the top three to five risks that you see in the business community that Legal Shield ends up handling most of the time? Well, if it's a startup business, I think that a lot of it is the business consultation and the legal questions that people have. Forming the company. Absolutely. People don't know, do I start an LLC? What's the difference between starting an S-Corp and a C-Corp? And why, you know, I, I want to bring on my, my best friend or my brother as a business partner, which I always advise against. But these are all questions that should be answered by an attorney or a business consultant specialized in that area. And a lot of the times they start making those decisions and filling out the paperwork based on emotion under an advisory. And so that's the first one. It's just that. Before they start going into rental agreements, before they either buy or rent property, they get into these outrageous lease agreements with commercial building owners that I would have never, you know, that if they had had reviewed by an attorney, they would have said, you cannot agree to that. Or there's lines in this contract, they're not even longer applicable 
to the state of Colorado because a lot of businesses, especially uh, landlords, are using outdated contracts. So the, some of the things that they're putting in the contracts are no longer even legally able to be in those contracts. But they've been using the same boilerplate for 25, 30 years. Why change it? And so I think that's another thing that they need to do. And it's in particular, like you had mentioned before, is, is that if you do have, if you're an engineer and you have a, maybe a technology that you want to protect, there's a lot of gray area on intellectual property. And if you don't have clarification on how to fill that out properly, there are people that are just waiting for you to submit a patent so they can turn around and see you. So sadly, that that's the case. And in, in particular, is hiring and firing of employees. That's one of the other larger questions is that once somebody's got to a size in their business where they're ready to bring on employees, they'll say, how do I get, you know, how do I write an employee manual? What belongs in there? What kind of insurance do I need? You know, what kind of requirements are there for the employee being at the workplace and so on and so forth? And it changes business to business on, on what those are. So I think that, yeah, those are all primary things that I think business owners should have advice on and not get it from Facebook. You know, the, I think the part that maybe many business owners don't know is if they get ready to sell their business, the potential purchaser is going to want to look at documents and it really affects the valuation. You'll have a gap if your documents aren't squared away. And so you know, at a minimum, it would make some sense to do that. You know, a thought popped into my mind for the individual. Does it cover divorce? No. So we can't cover everybody for everything. You know, when, I, when I talk about yeah. the price point, you know, it's the things what I call the did it to myself area. Yeah. These are situations like divorce, bankruptcy, loan modification, foreclosure, DUI, bank robbery. You can still get the legal advice, but in order to get legal assistance in those matters, you would still have to retain the attorney's services. Now they take 25% off of their standard hourly rate, but there would still need to be a retainer there. Now there's one thing that we do in the event of an uncontested, it has to be 100% uncontested divorce, is that we have a 90-day waiting period where an individual can get an uncontested divorce 100% covered under a plan. Miranda? That's neat. I've quizzed, you know, this does, for, for a guy that was in human and I was on the Intel side, I didn't do interrogation, but I feel like we just interrogated you. I love it. <laughs> It still has a smile on his face. Exactly. No visible marks. <laughs> well, I've fielded these questions so many times that typically mm-hmm. it's, you know, because a lot of people, when it's a new concept, you know, you talked about it, Ed, even today, our company's 46 years old and the majority of the public, I could go out and nine out of 10 people have never heard of Legal Shield, And it's because of our marketing strategy. It's because we don't advertise. You know, companies like LegalZoom have an excellent marketing team but they have a substandard product where we have an excellent product, but substandard marketing. You know, it's all word of mouth and referral basis because we want happy members referring us to other individuals that could benefit from our services. So I've field these questions quite often. You know, I can't put a, a 30 second legal show commercial up because nobody will get it. People will be like, I don't need an attorney. There's no reason for me to hire an attorney. I've never hired an attorney. So because they don't think of all the situations where they should have hired an attorney, but they didn't because the solution cost more than the problem itself. You know, I think that's really the point, isn't it? It really is. Mm-hmm. Just to close this up, so the future of Legal Shield. So you hinted that you have a language component to this in Spanish. Can you share a little bit more about what's the next frontier for Legal Shield and for you? Well, we had, I think it was before the interview that I'd mentioned that we're moving into London. So we partnered with Slater and Gordon. They're one of the top ranked law firms in the United Kingdom. 
and they've been around 90 years, 1935. So I'm not good on the math right off the top of my head, but yeah, since 1935. And so Legal Shield is now offering Legal Defense is the name of the company. It's a subsidiary over in the United Kingdom. To me, that London has always been a commercial stepping block to every other country in the world is once you get through London, you get to the rest of the world. So we have our eyes set on locations in Europe and in Asia. I'm a frequent traveler of the world anyway. It was the military only sparked a, a travel addiction that I have to fulfill every six months. And so, but one of the things that I saw is when the industry starts to bend in your favor. So in 2016, the American Bar Association actually did a, a commission to find out about uh, the accessibility of legal services. And so they wrote a report called The Future of Legal Services. And in this report, they found what we already know is, is that 90% of Americans simply cannot afford to pick up the phone and talk to an attorney. And so what they're actually extending is, is that attorneys start kind of breaking away from what they've learned in law school and, and adapting innovative technologies that are emerging in the realms of legal research, which we know computers like Watson that are now stepping up to provide a lot of the legal uh, research there. But also, they're asking that attorneys start marketing prepaid legal plans in the market to fill in that gap of the people that need legal services and those that can afford it. Because that is a massive marketplace. And attorneys know this. Attorneys know that they're only serving 10 to 20% of the market as they are. If we can fill in the gap there, it'll change the world. And so we're not just going to do that in North America. We're in only a 2% market penetration in the United States. I mean, we have 38,000 members, uh, means 38,000 households, essentially, in the state of Colorado with a population of, what, 8 million? So let's just break it down to 1.9 million households in Colorado. So I could stay in Colorado and probably never run out of work. But to me, the, the need for, especially in countries like I mentioned being in Bosnia, where there is no legal recourse. No, I'm, I'm in India every six months and there's no legal recourse. The, the legal system there is so broken and so delayed that there's no swift justice. If I were to need to sue somebody, they will die of old age before I'll ever see that day in court. And so the ability for me to take a service like this that gives people immediate access to quality legal representation is a moral obligation. I think for the Colorado business owners that are looking to expand, you know, into the UK and beyond, maybe a new, you know, Spanish speaking markets, I think it's a neat option when it comes to business legal services. Absolutely. Colorado, 1 million Hispanics in the state of Colorado just by itself. Largely unserved population of Colorado that doesn't have readily access to, to legal services. So. Yeah, the bilingual aspect of legal services is a big hurdle. Absolutely. So we're working on everything. They've asked me in California to to start doing it in Russian because we have a lot of Russian members that have challenges. Because unfortunately, if our members don't speak English or Spanish, we can't serve them. And that's a, a gap that I want to fill as well. Well, you know, I, the, the part that's interesting for me is, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You know, and for so much of this, you just kind of go, had no idea. And so I think about how's the word get out? And well, this is certainly a small step to try to serve the business community. So I really appreciate you taking the time. And Miranda, Absolutely. thank you for co-hosting. Thank you both. I appreciate you. Thanks, All right. Guys. And again, for you guys out there, whether you're a business owner or an individual, the only mistake you can make is by not reaching out to Chris. So ask away. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.